airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. Oh boy, let me just uh, get set here. Sorry, I thought I was all set. I didn't have my mic in the right place. We're good now. <laughs> Um, look, I'm not supposed to be here anyway, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You know, it's just, uh, anyways, welcome to Aaron the Addisons. If you're listening to this recording, no, it's actually live. We're here. We're here. Everybody, we're, we're all here again. <laughs> all three of us, we're here. So we all three greet you. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh boy. It's just, I, I, you know what I used to say? I used to say that I have these experiences in life because the Lord knows the work that I do. In fact, he's called me to it. And how dry would our radio program be if I just lived like, you know, a routine life? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just if I lived a routine life, no one would tune in for that. Like people, you know, they're like, yeah, that's all our lives. But no, we want Mika with the 17 month pregnancy. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Billy, in Arkansas. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's only funny because it's not your families. Okay. You guys don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm really not bitter. It may sound, it may sound like I'm bitter. I could see how people would think that. But mm-hmm. what you're actually hearing is what is called semi sweet. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, and all of our bakers understand the difference there. It's not bitter morsels. Just semi-sweet. <laughs> right. There's a right. difference, and we must acknowledge it. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to the Monday that, um, frankly, I didn't expect to share with you people. <laughs> all right? Again, it's just like it's a repeat of Friday, but it's a Monday, and we got a lot heavier uh, uh, information to get to right. than on Friday. Uh, so, <clears throat> all right, get on with it. Your will. Um <laughs> I'm Miki, sometimes called Mika. I answer to either one. Um, at this point, I'd answer to, you know, an unfamiliar nurse saying, hey, yeah, we got a room for you. And anything, I'd answer to all of those things. Uh, anybody know anything? You know, and, and let me just, you know, look. <laughs> Sherry B, she's here too. Everybody's here. All right, we're all here. Everybody's here. Okay. Including you people from Friday who obviously didn't pray for me. I don't know what what you you guys got caught up deciding what your fun Friday food was going to be. And then you didn't you didn't. (laughs) I mean, just one prayer from one person. I'm I'm I did pray. I know. I know. (laughs) Listen, girl, we prayed for you. The Lord said no. Um, Anyway, you know, look. All right. I am. I am. I am the running joke at our local fellowship here. Okay. I understand. And, and it's, it's just <laughs> true. I am the local joke. Um, and, and let me tell you what the joke is in our fellowship. I'll just let everybody in on this. I don't think that our proximity family would mind. Um, 
in our fellowship, there were several women who were all expecting around the same time. It was Mm -hmm. just an amazing thing. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Something in the water, right? And so all (laughs) around the same time, all of the these moms are expecting. It started out with one mom who actually had twin boys Mm -hmm. in February. Then there was another mom who was going to welcome her son later in the year um, in August. And he arrived in August. And then I was going to be welcoming, or will to, you two. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And all of these mothers. Moms and dads. I'm sorry. (laughs) You know. Other like, family like, members involved. Like, just, yes, just, just saying. Yes. You know? Oh, Lord. Okay. You Look, I'm sorry. I should have given some encouragement. <laughs> yes, you matter. You're a part of this, and it's important. Father's right, lives so, matter. Father's lives okay. matter. Okay. Um, and so so there was, uh, then there was going to be, and this is the order that we expected these children to arrive, okay? <laughs> I was going to be next. Um, this is based on estimated due dates. Right. Okay. And uh, and then there was another sister who uh, their son, their son mm-hmm. was due after me mm-hmm. by three to four weeks. Yeah. yeah. I would like to share with everyone that <laughs> <laughs> the sister who is due after me has given birth to her son before me. Yeah. OK. And um, and here I am still talking <laughs> to you people. All right. Here. Here I am. Um, the only sense I can make of it is that there's still stuff left for me to cover that is not done. <laughs> and and I wish someone would try to tell me, no, that's not it, Mika. <laughs> Let me have my happy thoughts. All right. That's the only, that's the only sense I can make of it is that uh, I'm here <clears throat> for you people. Cause our kids have given up hope. <laughs> Everybody's just giving up hope. JD said this morning, this is just getting ridiculous. I mean, he, he doesn't. He doesn't want to wake up and see me in the morning. He keeps expecting that he will wake up and I will be away having the baby. That's it. That is his expectation. A few nights, he has gone to bed and said, "I love you. I'll see you in a couple days." That's what. He, that's what he's. You know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh, that's great. Love you too, buddy. Yeah, yay." You know. And then in the morning, he comes in. And he's like, <laughs> "Why are you here?" I know. I try not to take it personally. This morning he said, this is getting ridiculous. And I was like, well, you know, <laughs> at the same time, you're not carrying the kid. I mean, I, you know, right. I, I, I understand your concern. Right. But, I, you know, I mean, anyway, so. Yeah. All right. Um, we got sp- <laughs> yeah, man. You work in mysterious ways. Oh, man. Hmm. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I'm just going to tell you guys. Uh, if we don't welcome a baby tonight or tomorrow, um, I'm just going to call in. Don't care. Hey, guys, I can't do my show. Oh, why did you guys have the baby? No, nope, I just I'm tired. I'm just tired. I just don't want to. I can't do it anymore. Just calling in. Don't care. You know, people call I didn't know you sick. can call that. But, uh, <laughs> I never tried that. I, I didn't know that was possible. People with a strong sound work care? ethic usually mm. do not do that. Like, I'm just telling you the point that I'm at now yeah, and, and where all of this is. Uh, <laughs> let me make a couple announcements. That's, that's one of the reasons I'm here <clears throat> because there are still announcements yes. that need to be made and only I could make them. So yay, here, here <laughs> I am. <laughs> AFA at home. Yes. It's kind of, kind of what I was hoping for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. 
is happening on October 8th at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. And remember, this is a free online event that you get to be a part of, but you have to register for it ahead of time. Uh, remember, we talked with the Benham brothers. Uh, Abraham Hamilton III is a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Parker. Uh, this is an opportunity for the American Family Association to respond uh, to the culture. And so these uh, these experts, these, um, I would say, culture changers um, are all gathering together um, to have a conversation with uh, Walker, Walker Wildman. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's the two W's, you know. It's, 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 it's just back to back, guys. Twister. And and also, let's also keep in mind, <laughs> I still no, you have can't a situation. Blame. Yeah, you can't blame. Everything nah. is the reason. That is the reason for everything. Come on, man. All right? Everything. Come on. Um, Walker Wildman mm-hmm. is hosting yes. AFA at Home on October 8th at 7 p.m. I want to encourage you to go to afaaction.net so that you can register for the event, sign up, and then set yourself a notice so that you don't forget that you've signed up for this. It's not going to be something that you're going to want to miss. You're going to want to be able to sit in and hear uh, the insight that comes from these individuals Mm -hmm. uh, as we talk about what's going on in the culture and how the Christian is supposed to make sense of that. Again, that happens October 8th at 7 p.m., but you're going to want to pre-register for it now by going to afaaction.net. All right, uh, another event that is coming up on October the 1st, October, October 1st. 1st. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? Which could also be our son's birthday. Nah. I mean, at this point, on, that man. could also nah. be, I'm just, nah. look, <laughs> I'm just trying not to be let down. I figure if we move it back a whole month and <laughs> no. just say, maybe the scanning technology is off and just move it back and just say, we're all just off. Let's just mm-hmm. move it back. No. Um, Anyway, October 1 in Gainesville, Florida, there is another AFA town hall meeting, which I have just heard, man, that the Lord is really using these events. Right. And I am so encouraged, man, I am so encouraged um, to get the feedback on this and to hear what the Lord is doing, how he is building the body of Christ and Mm -hmm. encouraging and equipping the body of Christ. Uh, This event in Gainesville, Florida will feature Abe, Mm -hmm. uh, Walker, Rob, and Sandy Rios. Right. And so everybody who listens to Sandy Rios in the morning and you're familiar with the work that she does here, um, you're going to look forward to that. So, mm-hmm. again, you can go to AFA.net. I want to say, yeah, AFA.net looks like the link there uh, to register for that event. It is a free event, but space is limited. So you need to register for that. That's October 1 in Gainesville, sure. Florida. So if that's more your your area, that's more your 30, 45 mile radius, then you're going to want to hit that meeting. Yeah. Um, again, it's the AFA town hall meeting, October one in Gainesville, Florida. Who knows? I may be there too. Um, just, <laughs> oh, just yes, uh, hanging out. Cause you know, it's Florida. I mean, like, <sighs> all right. Today's show. Let's yes. just anything else. Will. No, I think you covered it. I think I think we're good with the announcements and <laughs> yeah. you know the humor and yes. <laughs> Is that, yeah, that's think. what we're covering. Just covering no, the humor, covering good. the announcements. Now let's get to the meat of what we want to talk about today. So here is the discussion. I'm going to do a little bit of um, sort of like a, a mixed um, mixed um, mixed nuts metaphor. <sighs> no, not mixed okay. nuts. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> it's not, you see, it's because we're right. expecting still still. <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, no, I guess sort of somewhat of a mixed illustration. I guess that's a, that's what mm-hmm. I'm looking for. A mixed illustration here, and one I think is of greater importance than the other. But but 
but there, the reason I'm using the first one that I'm going to start out with is, um, frankly, because I think that the picture of this is what Christians need today. And, um, if, if we had to, to headline the show or title the show, I think this is what would, would be uh, fitting that it's Christians must have a mentality in our culture today that we've got to burn the ships. Hmm. We've got to burn the ships. I was thinking about this this morning and just pondering this thought. And this is not something it's, it kind of um, is a, a popular mm-hmm. uh, portion of history from uh, this, uh, the legendary Spanish conquistador Hernan Cortez, uh, you know, where he uh, brought his men. I want to say it was like 600 men. Uh, they go to conquer Mexico. And um, and when they get off the ships, uh, Cortez tells his men, you know, he instructs them to burn the ships. Now, this gets really gruesome. So I'll give you a just disclaimer. You know, we may yeah. based on the topics we'll talk about today. Um, just use your your own discretion, because I'm going to tell you why I'm saying we have to burn the ships as Christians. And when we're we are here we have shown up. There is a battle that is going on mm-hmm. and retreat is not an option. Amen. All right. Retreat is not an option. <laughs> and as legend yeah. has it, okay, this conquistador in 1519 mm-hmm. who shows up, I think it's Villa Cruz is where he was. Um, and he instructs his crew, mm-hmm. 600 men, um, to to burn the ships is what is commonly said, although there's some debate over that. It, it could have been that he said sink the ships or whatever. The point is destroy the method by which you will retreat. Mm. We're going to fight here and we're going to conquer or we're going to die here. But us turning and going back is not an option, basically, is what Cortez was saying. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And um, and so it's really interesting because there was <laughs> as legend has it. There was one soldier who, as he received the instructions to burn the ships mm-hmm. or destroy the ships, kind of laughed because he initially thought that that must, that must be a joke. Right? <laughs> right. 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 And um, now I don't know, you know, I don't. This is legend. All right. Legend has it that Cortez actually executed him on sight. Yeesh. See, Yeesh. that's when you that's when you don't want to have an awkward humor where you don't know what's a joke and what's real. Yeah. Because maybe if he could have done it over, he would have been like, yes, sir. You know, but but in that moment, excuse me, he wasn't sure he laughed. And uh, that was the last time he laughed. And so anyway, I want to have a conversation around what is happening in our culture and why for Christians in this moment, we have got to have the mentality that the ships are burned. We're not retreating. There is Mm. no going back for us. All right. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. All three of us will be right back. (laughs) Give me you, everything else can wait. Give me you, I hope I'm not too late. Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, Lord, give me you, Lord. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We do appreciate you listening and we appreciate you laughing with us. Thank you so much for, um, you know, getting us, getting our humor, you know. Yeah. Um, that's that's why we're here. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Shanna Wilson with Give Me You. 
Yes. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll open up the phone lines at the end of the show and uh, get your take on today's topic, which, by the way, in case there's confusion, it's not pregnancy. That's not today's <laughs> right. topic. It's the not Christian's again. decision to burn the ships. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's the Christian's decision to burn the ships and to hold the line of, of our faith in, in our culture. And, um, and really what has kind of sparked this for me is last week, the end of last week, I was reading an article um, from Pastor Matt Chandler where he was explaining why the term white privilege could be offensive to some people. And, and so I was really kind of hopeful as I was reading that piece. I thought, okay, man, this is great. Let's show the folly of a lot of these <laughs> philosophical, ideological thoughts that rival um, the sovereignty of God, that rival the scriptures. And, um, and so as I was reading the article, and I even started watching the interview that is referenced in the article, and I didn't finish it because as we're going through it, I realized that there was um, almost a bait and switch in the article, okay? Mm. It's like you start reading the article, and, and this what you think you're about to read and even in the interview, as I was watching, what you think you're about to watch is um, a man say that, you know, this term that we have adopted is offensive and it doesn't really hold up across the board in America. And and then hold the line right there. In other words, then burn the ships. Don't turn back from that. Like, don't <laughs> have to give up any ground. Don't give yourself room to get back on the ship and then go back across the water. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, just mm-hmm. like w- when you dock it there. And when you dock, and, and what I'm talking about is you you anchor with the word of God, all right? So you've gone into a culture that is hostile to truth, and you have docked the ship, and now we're going into a battle. We're in a cultural battle. People don't like to really describe it that way because they feel like, oh, I can't reach the culture if I'm standing against the culture. No, this is a tension that we have. Yeah. And it's it's one that we've got to get used to. It is a tension that we have. We are standing against the forces that exist that are the majority in this culture, right, that are rivaling and that are fighting against God. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit of God gives us great compassion Hmm. where we're like, man, you need Jesus. You're like sheep without a shepherd. Like you need Jesus, right? And that's, I mean, I'm not conflicted here. Like I don't don't feel like, no, I've got to agree with everything that's going on in the culture in order to show that I love them. No. Loving them is saying, hey, this this right here condemns men to hell. Hmm. All right. This rebellion against God, you're not coming back from unless you repent. Yeah. Unless you turn to Christ. Right. Amen. And so so this this article here with with Pastor Matt Chandler, um, who has garnered so much respect. And, and I want to I want to be respectful as well. I just want to say, Christians, we have to make this the decision to burn the ships. Like when when we show up in the culture, right, on behalf of our Lord, when we are representing him, we cannot have those moments where, um, and to say a forked tongue I think is probably too strong, um, we cannot be uncertain, okay? Mm-hmm. So we have got to take the position that maybe jolting to the culture but um, this is what glorifies the Lord, that we stand in the midst of this tension where we're in the world, but we're not of it. We are clearly aware of everything that's happening around us, but we're not giving into it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll share this uh, passage and then we'll get into this article with Matt Chandler. And, and hopefully um, you guys will understand what I'm saying here. 
in Hebrews chapter 10, I'm going to start at verse 32, right? Um, the Bible gives the clarion call for us as Christians not to shrink back. Amen. No matter what we're facing, um, we are not of those who shrink back. And so that that is my encouragement for you. That is what's represented in the burning of the ships. Now, and, and let me say this, too, as a side note, before anybody goes to the trouble um, to send me any emails and, and like, oh, I can't believe you're referencing Cortez and the conquistadors and all these things. Listen, that's not the point. The point here is that we have shown up to conquer. OK, we have shown up to be victorious and no one's turning back. It's not even an option. And for us as Christians, what I would say is we have something far greater than like land or territory right, in mind. Right. Do you understand Amen. what I'm saying? Like yeah. we have set our yeah. sights and our hope on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we take a position in culture, it's not for what it gains us right now, which is why this illustration can only go so far. And I understand that it can only go so far. But we don't have our sights trained on what we can hold in our hands right, right now. That's right. Right. So keep that in mind. But but listen to this, this is in Hebrews. Um, Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to start at verse 32 and then. Uh, go to 39, but I just want you to get a picture of this here, okay? But recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle and with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Mm. <laughs> All right. Verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Verse 37. For yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. Mm. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Mm. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Amen. We are not of those who shrink back. We're not looking for the one ship that just so happened to not be destroyed. Is there is there a way to turn back? Hmm. And, and notice that the Hebrew writer makes it very clear that you have suffered. You are suffering. OK. Mm -hmm. And even if you have not personally suffered, then you're friends with people who have. Yeah. You're laboring with people who are suffering. You have friends who are losing their jobs. You have friends whose th the future of their employment is uncertain. Mm. All right. They don't know when they're going to have to jump over that hurdle. Where it's like, okay, either I am going to look for a ship that is functional or I'm here at Villa Cruz. I'm, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm staying, I'm staying right here. This Man. is where we are. And this takes on different forms. And mm -hmm. this looks differently depending on what we're talking about. Right? Yeah. So when we talk about terms in the culture and the way we express and the way we communicate, these things become vitally important to us having an authentic Christian witness. Man, an good. authentic Christian witness, right? Like not just a cultural Christian witness where it's like, oh, you're, you're okay. You're a safe Christian. You're mm. none of, none of us should be like, for the sake of this current discussion, understand none of us should be like the safe Christian. 
where it's like no one has to think about sin. No one has to think about what God requires and everybody and all of their stuff just gets to kind of come along with them and they can still wear the label Christian. Like how, how do we get there mm. when Christianity is cultural? That's how we get there. Right. So here is this article here. I, I'll move quickly to it. You know, and um, before oh, we go get ahead, to the Will article, yeah. um, it kind of it, it kind of reminds me of like of Jesus when he was speaking about like following him. You know, it's like yes. a giving of all. And I'm good. thinking about Luke chapter nine. You know, he says uh, and it says, uh, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds mm. of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He said, and he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. Come on. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim ev- everywhere the kingdom of God. Then another also said, I will follow you, Lord. But first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus <laughs> said to him, and this is, he said, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Oh, my goodness. That's good. <laughs> It's the same feel to what we were talking about in Hebrews chapter uh, 10, you know, like, like the, uh, or even the burning of the ships. It's like, this is it, you know, the call to be a disciple. We put our hand to the plow and there is no turning back, man. You know, and can I, I really believe that that is the kind of conviction that has to be cultivated. Mm. Um, Even with us coming to Christ and the spirit of God and dwelling us, this type of conviction, this resolve has to be cultivated. It is not something yeah. that you get by osmosis, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like it's it it's the small decisions that we make that seem small at the time, but they build that muscle of of I guess what would be our resolve mm-hmm. where we become mm-hmm. resolute and we say, no, I'm not doing that. So like for me as a mom, Will the Great, for you as a dad, mm-hmm. this is like sort of the the small little um the small little crucible, right? Because the, they get bigger, right, yeah. as you grow, okay? But the small crucible where the heat is there, it's like as a parent making the decision where you say, no, our kids will not do that. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are not allowed to do that. Now, what's the pressure that comes maybe from, like, peers or grandparents or yeah. friends who yeah. say, oh, that doesn't make any sense. That's dumb. Right. That's, they don't uh, take that's, all that. It doesn't <laughs> take all of that. Right. Exactly. And so what happens? What happens is when you stand your ground – well, that's one of your small little dinghies that you're burning, <laughs> right? Like you're saying, nope, not getting back on the boat. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, that's, that's the decision that we have made for our family. Yeah. And so as you continue to do this, it becomes not the easiest that it will be, but it becomes easier to make these decisions in culture, mm. right? So now, <laughs> taking this to a current cultural narrative, mm-hmm. um, even with something as as offensive to me as a person with more melanin in her skin, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, as offensive as it is to me to hear people touting white privilege and think that they're doing me a favor, mm. I I just don't I don't understand it. Mm. I really don't. Like I, I I'm like, where are the people of darker hues who love Jesus? Who will stand up and say, you know, actually referring to what is called white privilege is kind of offensive. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're saying, hey, listen, I'm so sorry that I'm better than you. 
I'm sorry that I have more advantages than you. I'm sorry that you'll never, no matter how hard you work or how hard you try, achieve your dreams and goals. Or um, at the very minimum, I'm sorry that you'll never be able to do what God has carved out for you to do because, you know, (laughs) he can't stand against the culture. (gasps) (laughs) I mean, that's that's what I hear when I hear people refer to white privilege. That's what I hear. When, when people think that they're doing other people a favor by, quote unquote, acknowledging white privilege, that's what I hear them saying. And I think it is some of the most condescending talk that you can ever hear. It's like, to me, open, blatant partiality. I am mm. so much better than you, but I just want to show you that I can acknowledge that. And so I'm sorry. Like, I can't tell you. I cannot tell you how utterly ridiculous it is. And I want to encourage Christians everywhere to see this as it truly is, not to see it as some sort of virtue signaling Mm -hmm. where you're not showing that you're good by acknowledging this. And the trap in that is, is, is shrouded in like guilt. Like, yes. So it's made to seem like, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying I'm better, you know, but it's like you are and you feel guilty. You know, and that's part of it as well. I feel I feel bad that I'm better than you. <laughs> okay. Man, it's, it's bondage. Uh, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like I don't yeah. I don't know how to I don't know how to ta ta that. That's yeah. what we say, you know, oh ta ta. I don't know how to make you feel better that you are sorry that you think you're better than me. Right. Like, but that's the liberal line. Yeah. And everybody's supposed to just buy into that. All right. So here, Pastor Matt Chandler, and I want to be as gracious as I can. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I had so much hope. Um, as I started to watch the interview and as I was reading this article, okay? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> alas, my hopes were dashed because the ships were not burned. <laughs> okay. Man. They were not. They just still uh, stood there. Okay. So here we go. Um, from this article, and this is a Christian Post article, as we do with everything that we discuss, I'll make sure that uh, Will the Great has this link, which he already has it, mm-hmm. and we'll put it in the notes so that if you go and get the podcast, AFR.net, is that where they can find the notes? Yes. Okay. AFR.net, you'll find the links to the stories that we talk about. Mm -hmm. All right. Here's the article. As someone who grew up as poor white trash in a blue-collar neighborhood in Texas, Matt Chandler, lead pastor of teaching at the Village Church in Dallas, says he understands why some white people would find white privilege a stunningly offensive term. Now, here's the thing, though. Excuse me. And I don't want to get too far ahead of this, but I'm looking at the clock here, so I want to fill in some of the gaps. Eventually, where Pastor Chandler goes is that he understands why white privilege would be offensive to white people who have had to work hard and who did not have like privilege. (laughs) Okay, did not have privilege, um, did not have privilege because of their socioeconomic status. Mm -hmm. But he never touches on like why it would be offensive to, let's say, for the sake of discussion, black people who are like, but you're saying that you're better than me. Even though you grew up poor, mm-hmm. at least you weren't black. Man. Ah, I cannot. Like, Man. guys, I'm sorry. I don't mean to elevate, but <laughs> just for, just for a second, I want us to think about this critically. I don't want us to get caught up in the emotionalism of what is critical race theory, and then not be critical. Right. Let's be critical. So what we're saying is. Yes, I grew up poor. That's what Matt Chandler says about himself. So he says the term white privilege seems ridiculous to me because I did not have privilege, right? I grew up poor. But then he pivots to, but you know what? But I wasn't black. Mm. Oh, ah! okay. 
<laughs> Pastor Matt, please don't say that again. Sound like this story is going to help you to go into labor. Maybe so. <laughs> I, need, I need better stories. That's what we've been needing. All right, let me grab the break, and then we'll come back with this story. Christians, we can interpret what is going on in our culture right now and respond appropriately. All right, we'll be right back. He put that hunger in your heart. He put that fire in your soul. His love is the reason to keep on believing. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like giving in, His love is the reason to keep on believing. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's unspoken with reason. Man, I really think that I'm going to be able to get to more than I actually can get to. Or maybe it's that I don't take into account the amount of words I'm going to use. Uh, well, we had the comedy, the comedy the segment on the first segment. Yeah, kind of. That's that's true. We all needed that because everybody <laughs> had questions. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll try to get around the phone calls. Bear with me if we don't, though. I, I, I do want to get some feedback from our listeners. But I really want to get this information out so that we can make the case for why we stand um, unwaveringly in the culture today. Like we, we won't allow people to guilt us into using terms and acquiescing, all right, mm-hmm. to a culture that is hostile to God, hostile to truth. And I had so hoped that, you know, in reading the headline, Pastor Matt Chandler explains why the term white privilege can be stunningly offensive. I had so hoped that this was a, you know, no, we're not going to use it. And, and other terms that fall into this category. But as you read the article, which we'll put the link in the show notes so you can read it for yourself, um, it turns out that that's not exactly where he goes. Let me continue on with it, though, so that you get an idea and can hear from Pastor Chandler in his own words and then arrive at your own conclusion. Um, This term, white privilege, here is is what we're talking about. And Matt Chandler says, you know, he grew up um, on the other side of the tracks. You know, his family was military. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that they didn't have. Uh, as I was watching the interview that he did, he mentions in, in the interview, you know, um, not having the Jif peanut butter, but having the government peanut butter, having the government cheese and all of these things. And and these are points of, of connectivity that people of a certain socioeconomic status all understand. Immediately when I said that, there are people who are like, yep, we know it. We know what those boxes look like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so there it's amazing because at one time it's like, that that's the great unifier. Okay. Because I don't care what your skin color is. If you don't have certain means. All right. If you don't live in certain areas, then you don't have access. You you don't have certain privileges, <laughs> but now we have diminished that to the color of one's skin. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Okay. So here we go. Uh, by the way, this term has been uh, defined and I thought this was interesting. I didn't know that they had actually, you know, been willing to give it a definition because they change the definitions in our culture change daily. So the fact that they're willing to give white privilege uh, a definition and to kind of, uh, you know, etch it in stone is, is interesting to me. So the Alberta, Alberta civil liberties research center defines white privilege as quote, the unquestioned and unearned set of advantages, entitlements, benefits, and choices Bestowed upon people solely because they are white. Mm. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Just make sure that we're all on the same page. So Matt Chandler says, quote, when you start talking about privilege to someone that had my background, I can get pretty offended by that pretty quick simply because I knew what it was like to be poor white trash. And for you to say I had some special kind of privilege when I was growing up would be stunningly offensive to me. Okay, so I am right so there. that's it. Right. I mean, that's where the ship should start to like boom. go back into the water. Let, oh, right. Just you're here. You you have you have shown up. You are here now. Stand still. T- take your position. Stand still. Right. But he continues. And according to this article, he does not endorse critical race theory because, according to Matt Chandler, it has no vision for the future. However, he believes that it's really helpful in helping us understand how we got where we are. And it helps us make sense of the past. Respectfully, Pastor, I disagree. Right. Critical race theory does not help us make sense of the past. It muddies and clouds the past and it continues to muddy and cloud the future. Right. If you allow it. Right. It it creates a great divide among people that if we don't put like the nail in the coffin on it, we're not coming back from this. It has infiltrated our churches, whether they have publicly adopted it or not. It has destroyed relationships. It's destroyed organizations. Yep. And and unfortunately, as it was trying to work its way through federal agencies to destroy our country, mm-hmm. which I mean, it's it's kind of on its way do, doing that. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. President Donald Trump, so not Pastor Donald Trump. It. Yeah. <laughs> not Pastor Donald Trump. President Donald Trump said, nope, nope, not on my watch. And and I'm 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 waiting for I'm waiting for the pastor to stand up who's always like, well, we got to be careful and you know. I mean, and then these things are good. Yes, we need to know who we're electing. Yes, of course. <laughs> but we've got some pastors who have been unwilling to do what the president of the United States has done right. and said, no, you know what? No, this we got it. We got to stop with this. And the sad thing is, that, you know, they are probably willingly going along with the 1619 thing, you know, <laughs> rather than what President Trump is putting forward. Yes, exactly right. You know, exactly right. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. So, so, so here, so here we are, right? Where just draw the line in the sand. This is what I would say to Pastor Matt Chandler: draw the line in the sand. It's offensive. This term, white privilege. You know that as a white man who was poor growing up in America, you didn't have privilege. But Pastor Chandler does not stop there. However, and I'm, you know. This is I'm going to read to you what he says in in this article here. And so you can kind of judge this for yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, This article reads this way. And while it took him a while to accept the idea of white privilege, Chandler, who says he grew up in a predominantly black section of Lamarck, Texas, accepts it as valid. Okay. Quote, it took me a while, even in my own life, to realize that even though even though that was my background and there was a socioeconomic privilege that I was not walking in, there was a layer of not having the advantage or not having the special right or even a certain level of immunity that I was granted, even being poor white trash that some of my African-American friends didn't get. Now, in other words, it's what I said before the break. Yes, I was poor, but you know, I wasn't black. Mm -hmm. So there's always that. Like, it's like, how can, can we be comfortable saying, yeah, no, anything in culture, yeah, you can come back from that, but just not being black. That's, that's like, 
That's the only thing that you're not you're you're not coming back from that. If you man, if you, there's no way out for you, and you're black. Me, oh my I mean, goodness! And what message is that sending to us who are in Christ? Like, come, come on. on! I mean, you're a pastor and, and you're teaching other pastors, as I read in this article, how to address these issues, and you're saying this stuff. Come on, and man. And so I would say that I would say that that's not effective teaching, respectfully. Oh. Respectfully, that is that is not effective teaching. Listen, um, can I now? I would I I'm I'm putting in quotes here and and you know I don't use this phrase white trash. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to tell you why. Um for a number of years um for at least two decades, two decades is when I remember having the first conversation about this and thinking, you know, this this term is actually offensive to me. Mm. Now I know people people are going to I I know I already know people are like, oh, come on, Miki, like, really? But I want you to think about this. This term, white trash, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? So you've got Matt Chandler here who says, um, I was poor. I was poor white trash, okay? But my, my friends, they were poor and black, Okay. <laughs> So in other words, it was not expected that I should be poor. Okay. So much so that there has to be a distinction made that it's Mm. white trash. Like there's, there's, there's great specificity there. Okay. (laughs) Um, anybody else, if, if you're poor, you're poor. I mean, like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of the way it's supposed to be, but, but there's a distinction now that is made poor white trash. So what? Everything else is trash. Like what is what <laughs> everything else is trash, but, but there's a different, there's a distinction made that you're white and you're poor and you know, trashy. Mm. I want you to think about that. I just mm. want you to think about that. So I actually don't use that term. I actually abhor it because I, I actually think that inherent to the use of the term is that everything else is like, yeah, I mean, of, of course it could, it could be trash, but you have to make a distinction if the person is, as we commonly refer to white and poor or underprivileged or living in a trailer park, that's poor white trash. Hmm. I just want you to think about it. You think yeah. about that. And, but for two that's decades, something. that's been my position. Mm-hmm. I, I actually don't like the term because of what I think it implies. So even Pastor Matt Chandler's repeated use of the term poor white trash, I have a problem with. But the fact that he goes a step further and says, he says that pastors have got to get to the place where they are comfortable saying, Black Lives Matter. And then but then he says, but you got to research the organization and, 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 you know, see that the organization is and my term here antithetical to the faith. OK, that's paraphrasing. That's what he's saying. But we've got to be able to say Black Lives Matter. Why? Right. <laughs> right. Why? Why do we why do we need to say that? Why do we need to take that position in culture? Why do we need to use these terms that are developed, that are cooked in the crock pot of rebellion? Mm-hmm. And then because they're ready, okay, because all of a sudden it's like, you know, culture, new cultural fashion is served. Why do we have to consume that? I'm saying we don't have to consume that. And when we give credence to that in any form, what we are saying is that the word of God is not sufficient. What, what has been handed down to us is just not enough. We need new terms. So while I think white privilege is offensive, you know, I'm taking some liberty here, speaking as Pastor Matt Chandler. 
While I think white privilege is offensive, I would say we need to understand that there is a certain privilege that we have as white people. It's amazing to me Hmm. that Pastor Matt Chandler's lived experience has taught him that, man, I was at a disadvantage because of our socioeconomic status. I was at a disadvantage. But he overrides, which is the science of critical race theory, lived experience, Hmm. by the way. Lived experience is the science. I'm using quotes. It's not science. But lived experience is the science of critical race theory. All right. My position is valid because this is how I felt about what I experienced. I had this experience. Therefore, your position is invalid. That's the science of critical race theory. It's story. It's narrative. It's experience. It's thoughts and it's feelings. All intangible. All just, you know, yeah. that's that's critical race theory, right? Yeah. So here you have Matt Chandler, who has this experience, mm-hmm. who has this narrative, mm-hmm. who has these stories that he can tell. Right. That really would have been like a unifying factor. If you're sitting around, it's like who can outdo one another with their poverty stories. And, and the thing is, it seemed like he didn't have this other way of thinking until this whole atmosphere of wokeness and, you know. Come on. Like he, I'm sure he never thought that way. He always thought like, oh man, we all, we all the same. I have the same background as you. Like, but with this uh, atmosphere here, it's like, oh wait, but I, I was, I was white and you're, and you're black. So it's creating like this (laughs) feeling of superiority, which is ridiculous, right? Right. It's like, dude, if we're eating the same black and white labeled can of peanut butter, you're not better than me, Matt. Right. Like you're not, we have the if, same. If, yeah. Right. If you and right. I are both using that powdered milk, if we're both using those, you know, whatever mm-hmm. commodities that come from the government, then Matt, hey, buddy, we're on the same page. I don't care what color your skin is. <laughs> All right. We are. If you can't get the perfect slice of cheese and it keeps coming out in a wedge <laughs> when you try to slice it, Matt, mm. guess what, Matt? Hey, look, <laughs> that cheese was good. It was great. You made a great grilled cheese. <laughs> yes. All right. Go ahead. Matt, listen, you're like me. Okay. And then he has to go on into this, like, and so now here I am, I'm mid- middle class or maybe upper, upper uh, middle class. And I'm reflecting on this and, and I'm thinking, man, you know what? I had an advantage that my black friends didn't have, even though we were poor, we grew up in the same neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We had the same experiences, but because I'm white, I had a different opportunity, man. And what of Christ, Matt? Mm. what of christ like yeah see that's the are, thing. Are, 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 you yeah. see what i'm saying this, yeah. this is where the especially rubber... as, a, as a pastor i mean that should we, that should be what we ultimately point to come on in christ there no jew greek no you know this or that you know so i, I would I, that should be a highlight of all of this i would love to meet the person who has had an encounter with christ or who has had this experience where they have felt called of the Lord to do something, but the Lord, you know, just point blank says to them, listen, I want to use you. I want to, I want to do some things with your life, but I just can't cause uh, you live in America and you're black. So there are just some things I'm just not going to be able to do with your life. Hmm. There are just some ways I'm not going to be able to use you. There's some things that you're not going to be able to accomplish whether or not those things would ever be for my glory. <sighs> I'm just going to have to take the L. But I can't overcome your blackness. Oh man, I can't believe the music is playing. This this is what we are allowing ourselves to sink into, Mm -hmm. guys. This is what we are accepting. Jesus Christ can overcome your disgusting 
reprehensible sin. Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection is sufficient enough to unite you with the holy and righteous God whose presence we're unworthy to stand in. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he really can't get you alone for your house because you're black. And he really can't set you free from anything else. Man, if he gave the best up front, why would he hold back all of those other things? Man, all the other things are land yap, we say in Louisiana. That's right. I'm so sorry we're out of time. Until tomorrow for my fill-in. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Lord willing. God bless.